Hello, listeners and citizens of Broncos country. My name is Adan Diaz, and welcome to another episode of Broncos Talk. Now, before we begin today's episode, I just want to do a little exercise with everybody in Broncos country. So, do as I do or repeat after me. Take a breathe in. Take a breathe out. <sighs> okay, now try to do this about two or three times, and it's important you do this because right now... And I'm pretty sure if by the time this comes out, if something already hasn't happened to somebody, a player on this Broncos team, that everybody panics every time somebody gets hurt. <laughs> so I thought it was essential that we get that out of the way. Now, we as a Broncos country, I know it's it's a natural thing to do to kind of get freaked out when a star athlete or player gets hurt. But to automatically jump to conclusions about saying things like the season is over, you know, or the team sucks now, that's a little harsh. <laughs> so let's try to, you know, like I said, do your breathing exercises if you start to hyperventilate or anything, you know, and, and get your get your shit together, basically, in other in layman's terms. And let's just think things over before we go into the panic. Now, as I'm recording this, the Chiefs have just beaten the Texans, and they are—I mean, they're, they're, they're the Super Bowl champs. Let's let's just <laughs> let's let's be open about that. And they are one and zero. So the Broncos are already that behind by the time this comes out in terms of trying to keep in pace with the Chiefs. Now, going back to today's episode, we're going to talk about the injury to Von Miller. And we also might get into the sprain that Cortland Sutton suffered today in practice. But today's episode, I mostly wanted to focus on the, as I said, the injury to Von Miller. And I might also talk about uh, some aspects going into the Monday night game against the Tennessee Titans. So for Von Miller, it, it, it's I, I'm almost at a loss for words. It's we're at a point where Von Miller is, uh, he, as much as we don't want to say it or admit it, he's past his prime. And I don't think we'll see that 2015 Von Miller anytime soon. And I know that's really harsh to hear. Or it's even harsh for me to say. But we will, as long as Von Miller wears a Broncos uniform, we will see a side of him that we haven't seen before. And by that, I mean that if you followed his workout regimen over this past summer, the man was built like a tank. He was probably in the best shape he's ever been in his life. He was ready to go out there and prove to people that it didn't really matter that he's going 31, 32, somewhere around there. And that he, he still had gas in the tank and he can go out there and make a difference. You know, do what he's being paid to do. And I, for one, I was super pumped. I was super excited. And then that freak injury happens. He uh, twists or his ankle or he has an ankle injury. And he goes down on the very last play of practice, mind you. And an MRI shows, I don't have the exact stat in front of me what the uh, medical term for it was. But it's slated that he'll be out for about, what do they say, five months at the most three months quick recovery so with fingers crossed and prayer sent we could see von miller back with the broncos during uh the postseason run 
And I'm saying that because I, I'm I'm not doubting whether the Broncos are going to the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. So <laughs> that's that's not even a question. But what happened to Von Miller was as people who were there and seen it a freak accident and I'm sure it was but that's not necessarily the the cause for panic and I say that because when I got the news I I, I can't even honestly remember to telling you what the hell I was doing when I, I got the news on my phone and you know and Twitter was blowing up and social media and reports were just flying all over the place and people were panicking now don't get me wrong I love Von Miller I've been a fan of his ever since he came onto this team, and I appreciate everything he's done for the Denver Broncos. Bringing a, a title to Denver was probably one of the best achievements that he'll that he's achieved so far, and I'm pretty sure he can maybe help do it again. But with that said, the the defense that Vic Fangio has built is is pretty legit. It's pretty solid, and let's be honest. Since Super Bowl 50, Von Miller has not we we've seen like glimpses and flashes of that Von Miller that we all love and, and adore. But at the same time, we've also seen uh, glimpses and flashes of Von Miller, you know, being double teamed or being not not being the Von that we're used to know or getting those numbers that we were so used to him getting. And that was also being built by the line that he had when in 2015, that great defensive line, you know, with Malik Jackson and uh, Demarcus Ware, and with those guys gone, it it kind of like that that whole burden fell on Von Miller, especially when he got that big contract from John Elway. And me, I was kind of concerned because at the time I thought that if if Malik Jackson and Demarcus Ware would have played another season or two. I think that Von Miller would have still been a, you know, raging and been that great player that he was, but with those guys gone, it the, the pressure on Von Miller just got it got even more. So we would criticize him whenever he didn't get uh, a certain number of sacks or he didn't get any strip fumbles or he he or he wasn't the Super Bowl Von Miller that we know and love. And I believe that he's carried that chip on his shoulder for a very long time. And now we're at a point, I mean, let's be honest, time time waits for nobody, okay? And whether you're a star athlete or just a an average Joe, eventually your prime is going to pass you. And if you don't take advantage of it, you, know, you, lo- you lose it, you lost it. And we're getting to that point where it's... It, it, uh, <sighs> I don't even want to say retire, but I, I really do hope that Vaughn finishes his career in Denver as a Bronco. But with that said, it's it's coming to a point where the Broncos won't be able to rely on Vaughn anymore because he won't be that guy. And they'll start to have to look elsewhere for, uh, you know, a, a replacement, whether it be free agency or the draft or, you know, un, undeclared, whatever. And right now is the time. Right now is the perfect time. And I also say that because when it comes to injuries, injuries never tell you when they're going to happen. They're not going to sit there and tell you like, okay, well, you know, before the season begins, Von Miller's going to get hurt or this player's going to get hurt midseason or this player's going to get hurt at the end of the season or the playoffs. 
They just happen. And it sucks. It really does, especially when it happens to a star player like Vaughn. But this is where we as fans get to see what the front office can, you know, do their job, do what they're being paid to do, which is when shit hits the fan, what is Vic Fangio going to do? What is John Elway going to do? If it, and it's not guaranteed that Vaughn will come back in three months or in the playoffs. It's just right now it's a, it's almost a hypothetical. It's just wishful thinking. Um, if you, if you can believe that, but what they need to do now, whoever they decide to bring in is basically just going to be for death because I believe in Jeremiah Tachu. I think he had a really great season with us last year and I'm glad that the Broncos were bringing him back. Uh, Malik Reed, I know he had flashes of really good, uh, moments. I really wish we would have had a preseason because I think he could have used the extra reps in preseason. And now he's being thrown into the fire in that uh, uh, linebacker rotation. And who I know that they reached out to, who was it, Clay Matthews? And Clay Matthews said no. And I'm pretty sure it's probably because uh, the amount of money that whatever Denver was giving him wasn't probably to met his standards. But it's not the end of the world, folks. It's not. And I say that because whoever the Broncos bring in, whether it's a veteran from free agency or they hopefully they don't trade. I know Ryan Kerrigan from the Washington football team's name was being thrown around as a possible candidate. But the Broncos would have to give up a good amount of cap space to bring somebody of that caliber in. And right now, Denver's trying to save as much money as they can for the <clears throat> excuse me for the uh, salary cap next season. And whoever they do decide to bring in, this player is just basically going to be a rental. That's that's the <laughs> that's basically the gist of it. They're they're going to be a rental. It's most likely going going to be a one year deal, and they just have to stick around long enough and not get injured to just stay in the rotation to give guys the other guys a a break here and there. Now it sucks that Justin Hollins couldn't stick around because he got cut and he went to the L.A. Rams especially when we could have used them, but <clears throat> it's, it, it is what it is. So now the Broncos are in an interesting position in terms of seeing what they have to do. Sorry, throw was getting a little dry. <laughs> so I think this defense is going to be just fine without Vaughn. And I say that because not because I don't like Vaughn. Like I said earlier, I love Vaughn. The leadership and the poise and the ambience that he brings to his teammates is just, it's amazing. And no matter who Denver brings in to replace the spot, they can never be Von Miller. They can't do the things Von Miller does. They can't bring the, the ambiance or the, the, the leadership. Basically, everything that Von brings to the field, nobody can replicate that. And that will be sorely missed. But with that said... This defense is is pretty stacked, even at linebacker. The linebackers we have now are really good. And who whoever they do bring in, they're just going to come in. And it's just like I keep saying, it's a one-year rental. And it's, it's basically the only option that Denver has right now in terms of just trying to, to fill a hole. Now, I know I have read... And other are from other people that there are more important spots for Denver to be uh, thinking about, you know, offensive tackle 
and line middle linebacker and that's true but at this point in time I, I think that filling in this spot is a little bit more important than filling those those two holes because I, I mean don't I'm not really big on our current right tackle in Wilkinson and I'm pretty sure that Dotson is just one play away from coming in maybe not week one against the Titans but if he makes it past uh, uh, that week one game I, I think that's a that'd be more than a victory for him <laughs> be honest with you and I know the whole world was shocked when Todd Davis got cut and he's still a free agent uh, he hasn't signed with anybody and I'm pretty sure that teams will eventually learn a way to exploit those weaknesses but this Fangio defense is they're stacked they're they're really good at what they do and from what I've seen with Fangio defenses over time is they adapt and they get better so we have to believe and keep in mind that this defense is not the reason why we were all so hyped up about this defense has carried the Broncos for the last five years since their Super Bowl win and for the last five years they've always had to go out there and try to pick up the slack and they they had more game time out on the field more than the offense because the offense was struggling or the offense was playing like total shit and we were just we were rotating quarterbacks from Osweiler to Simeon to Paxton Lynch to Case Keenum to Joe Flacco and now we finally found our quarterback in Drew Locke so it's it's now time for the offense to go out there and you know put a hand on the defense and say hey thanks for everything you guys have done we got this it's time for us to carry you now when I say that I don't mean that as a as a phrase or a term of to tell the defense that they can slack off and not do their jobs no way Jose I'm just saying that for the first time in a long time since 2013 it's time for the offense to go out there and put some fucking points on the board you know throw some touchdowns run for touchdowns if the defense can intercept or uh, strip fumble and run for a return touchdown great any way that they can get points on the board that's what we need because to keep up with a contender like Kansas City offensively Drew Locke and company needs to show that they have the firepower and the willpower and the intensity that they can match them toe-to-toe to show that they can contend for this division because Kansas City will not make it easy for not just for Denver but also for for Vegas and to a lesser extent the LA Chargers so it is very important that whatever Drew Locke learned from last year and whatever he little he learned from uh, the I don't even want to call it the preseason but the little workouts he did before training camp and also the experience that he had from training camp because for him this is actually going to be his first season as the starter and had he not got hurt last season who, who knows maybe he would have came in sooner for Joe Flacco instead of having to wait until Flacco got hurt and you know going through that quarterback carousel with Brandon Allen but now is the time it's the it's the time to see what a new offensive scheme can do with Pat Shermer it's time to see what we have in Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler 
and try to see what we have with the new pieces we have with Melvin Gordon and uh, I can't even think of that other wide receiver's name. <laughs> uh, uh, not not Tim Patrick. The one uh, his name will come to me. He's on the bubble. But uh, Deshaun Hamilton. There we go. Deshaun Hamilton. So I know I'm I'm jumping all over the place, but we need to relax, Broncos country. Listen to me when I tell you we're gonna be fine. This defense is still good, and it's probably going to be better than it was last year, even without Von Miller. With Von Miller, it would have been great. Without Von Miller, it can still be great because we have to have faith in the guys that are out there. Jarrell Casey being one of them coming in from Tennessee. You got to believe that he's going to come out like a bat out of hell, especially in a revenge game against the Titans. For cutting him and watching his former team spend all their money on their offensive weapons and just not even give a damn about him. So you best believe he's got a score to settle with with Tennessee. We have Mike Purcell, we have Shelby Harris, we have the rotating rotation of Atachu, uh, Malik Reed, and Chubb, and even Demarcus Walker. Now Chubb, he was he's another player that he's on the bubble and not for in terms of anything bad but because he may have suffered a minor setback during the stadium practice and he'll be on a snap count on Monday so Bradley Chubb is is a player that I honestly thought was a hundred percent and it's kind of scary when you think about it because now he's going into this game and now that he's, he's on a snap count he's kind of have to he, he has to be weaned into the kind of back into the feel of things you know since he's been gone for more almost if not more than a year by by now and Chubb is the one player that this defense cannot afford to lose because it was hard enough having to have Von Miller going out there last year without Chubb and you know missing that 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 pair those two guys together were just wreaking havoc in 2018 and making life miserable for most quarterbacks that season but Chubb I'm pretty sure he's 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 ready to get out there and I'm pretty sure he's even more motivated and fired up to go out there and play for for Vaughn since he won't be able to join us out there this season so I'm I'm pretty sure that whatever they decide to do defensively with with Bradley Chubb it'll it'll be limited and they're gonna monitor him for a, a very good while and it's good and bad because I expected Chubb to have been 100% and you know going out there and being the guy that keeps this defense uh, you know motivated and, and, and on fire and stuff when their captain is out but since he'll be out there only on snap counts you know you'll only see him here and there just to make sure that he doesn't get hurt and I guess I'll take that over him getting injured so knock on wood <laughs> that he doesn't get injured at all this season and he actually makes it through the entire season you know happy and healthy so if you need to pause and take a break or a breather I should say go ahead take a deep breath <sighs> everything's gonna be fine okay folks now what are my thoughts about the offense 
We'll talk about that after the break. And we're back. So if you're just joining us, I went into a little rant about talking about Von Miller, which you can go back and run it back from the start. Or if you just rather skip to this part, that's perfectly great. I know people don't really uh, like hearing ads, but that's how money's made. So <laughs> and anyway, so going uh, about Drew Locke. Drew Locke has got a lot riding on him. And I, I think he's ready. I think he's going to go out there and he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Especially when you keep seeing these analysts putting him in these records. Or um, not records. But these oh, is it categories or charts or anyway in these lists. Let's say lists. He's putting, they're putting him in this, in these lists and they're basically putting him at the bottom. So it's, it's, it's mind boggling to see so many of these so-called analysts putting down somebody who not only had probably one of the best five games that any rookie quarterback has had in a long time, but they're acting like it never happened. And you know, they're looking at him as if he were Paxton Lynch, to be honest with you. Or a worse version of Mitch Chubisky for that. And it's, it's, it sucks. I'll be honest with you. It, it fucking sucks. And it pisses off. I'm pretty, if it pisses you off as a Broncos fan, imagine how Drew Locke feels when he's either reading it or hearing it from somebody that he made some list and it wasn't for a good reason. So for him, it's the, the ceiling is high and John Elway has done a fantastic job for him to go out during the NFL, the offseason, during the draft and getting him great weapons and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. So the only problem that the offense has, honestly, is just offensive line. The offensive line, the right tackle mostly looks really shaky. And with the uh, late addition of Jadavian Clowney to the Titans, that could present a problem for our right tackle in Elijah Wilkinson. And if he's not careful, Wilkinson will be out of a job before the end of the game. But even, even with that, I don't think that the Titans defense in general will be that much of a problem. And I say that because during the offseason, Tennessee, they discarded Jarrell Casey because they didn't want to pay him. And they threw all their money at Tannehill. They threw all their money at Derrick Henry. And they also paid one of their offensive linemen a shit ton of money. So to me, I said this earlier today somewhere in another podcast, I think. I think that Tannehill is just a really overpaid quarterback. That's, that's just what I think. And I, I think that he he had a, a, a flash. He was a flash in the pan. And that's why he caught a lot of teams off guard. You know, he caught a team like the Patriots off guard and a team like the, the Ravens off guard. And he almost caught the Chiefs off guard. But unfortunately, the Chiefs had his number. And they did just enough to knock him out of the uh, playoffs, playoff scene. But now there's video on what Tannehill can do. 
And teams are already wise as to how dangerous Derrick Henry can be. And if you compare to what they did last year to Henry, Denver was the only team to bottle Henry and keep him from running, running amok. And, you know, having Derrick Henry run for God knows how many touchdowns and, and all that shit. Denver was the only team to keep Tennessee with zero points on the board. Not even the not even the current Super Bowl champs were able to keep them off the board. So, uh, and I know that Vegas or whoever it is that does sports betting, that the Titans went up even higher in points and being named as favorites to win. But I think that this defense is still better than what the offense that Tennessee has. I think that Drew Locke is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Broncos fan and I love Drew Locke, but that's a fact. I think that Tannehill is going to struggle in this game. And the thing that's always been the the fallback for Tennessee is if the quarterback sucks or if the quarterback struggles, just hand it to Derrick Henry and let him run, run amok, which against other teams might work and it probably does most of the time, but not with Denver. And aside from AJ Brown, who who else do do the Titans have to throw to? If you double team AJ Brown, AJ Brown is he's a really good wide receiver. I'll give him that. And if you give him uh, an inch, he'll give you a yard. But aside from him, who else do you have? Uh, Humphreys, he's been injured, and I can't even think of the name of the other wide receiver that they have. But. I don't think that they offensively, aside from just handing the ball to Derrick Henry and hoping that he can run for a touchdown, I, I don't see it happening. And I and I what I say is, I don't think that Tennessee has the firepower to just throw the ball and you know do all these crazy long catches and, and shit like they mostly did towards the end of their season last year. Because I I believe in Bryce Callahan. I think that he he's more than ready, and he owes Broncos country a show. He really does. And A.J. Bouye, he's a really good quarter, cornerback, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season as well. Plus, we have Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson back there, and I, I know that they know what they're doing. So this secondary, it can maybe be up there with the no-fly zone. No fly zone 2.0, if I can be so bold. <laughs> but uh, I know that's that's asking for a lot. Or that's saying a lot, I should say. But it's possible. It really is. Now, middle linebacker, Alexander Johnson and Joseph Jewell. Uh, they brought in Mark Barron and uh, what was the other guy's name? Alex Calitro. I don't have tape on... on Baron or Calitro. I know Calitro play, played with Cincinnati and Baron played with the Steelers. So I have yet to see how they're going to fit in with uh, the Vic Fangio scheme. But I have faith in Alexander Johnson. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Josie Jewell, he kind of got thrust into the starting position with the, excuse me, with the cutting of uh, Todd Davis. And this is a put up or shut up. Uh, season for Josie Jewell because if he doesn't do good and he goes out there and he plays terrible he might not be a Bronco next year not even as death be honest with you 
I know he had a really good rookie season, and then he kind of went off uh, in terms of like not being good after that. He struggled a lot. And the the as far as the front D line goes, I mean, you have Mike Purcell, you have uh, Shelby Harris, you have Jarrell Casey, who can play almost any position on that line. And then you're gonna have Atachu and Malik Reed or or Chubb and or whoever they decide to bring in from the outside, or they uh, if they don't bring in if they don't get anybody for free agency that they bring in from the practice squad. I mean, for the outside linebacker spot, the the choices are they're they're varied, but at least there's there's choices available, which is good, and that's what Denver needs. Is they just need depth and they need rotation. So that their current guys on the roster, they don't get tired or, you know, they don't run the risk of getting hurt or, you know, overexerting themselves that lead to injuries. And that's what we don't want. Now, flipping the script, going from uh, uh, Denver offense to Texas or Texas, sorry, (laughs) Tennessee defense. Aside from Clowney and uh, an aging Vic Vic Beasley, did I say his name right? Yeah, Vic Beasley. Uh, they have what? Uh, I forgot that other cornerback's name. Jackson, I think it is. Adore, Adore Jackson and uh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler, who probably hasn't been all that much relevant since the Patriots had him out from that Super Bowl against the Eagles. And Jack, Adore Jackson, I know he's had some flashes, but I, I think our wide receivers are better. Now, when I say our wide receivers, I'm including Sutton in that sentence. And I'm saying that because I know as of the making of this recording, Sutton went down with the shoulder injury, which was listed currently as a sprain. So he's day to day. So he might play against the Titans on Monday. He might not. If he does, he'll probably he'll he'll probably be limited in in snaps. And that sucks if you have him in fantasy, like I do. <laughs> but either way, Sutton is, he's going to be dangerous once he fully heals up. And with him and Jerry Judy, the way Jerry Judy runs routes, Jesus, I I, I don't see any cornerback, uh, maybe Stephon Gilmore when, when they played New England that can probably even be close to contend with something like that. But, and that's not even including KJ Hamler. Denver has so many weapons and those are just wide receivers. That's not including Noah Fant. That's not including the power, the workhorse power powerhouse that is Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon running up the middle or uh, running through the sides or wherever Lindsay can squeeze through. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling because you don't know who to choose, especially. So, with that said, the sudden injury, yeah, it sucks, and it almost makes you wanna wanna think that you know maybe we shouldn't have any more practices until Monday, but or tell everybody to just play, you know, wrapped around in, in styrofoam or bubble wrap or whatever, so they don't get hurt. But injuries are a part of the game, and. It's, it sucks. Going back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast, it sucks. But it, 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 you can't avoid it. Injuries are a part of the game. And that's not just for football. That goes for any sport. 
And we as fans can only hope that when a player does get injured, especially one of our favorite players, that it's not serious. Now, for Von, the only thing that I hope Von doesn't do is I hope he doesn't rush his comeback. Because I, I know he's chomping at the bits. I know he's mad as hell that he wishes he can be out there for the season and be out there with his team and doing what he loves and gets paid to do best. But what we don't want to see, and uh, and I'll say this, maybe it's just me, but I'm going to say there, there are people who agree with me. What we don't want to see is him rushing himself to get back out there on the field just to play. And... By doing so, if he goes against doctor's orders, that he hurts himself even more, even worse than what he already was. And to give you uh, an example, um, Kevin Durant, when he was with the Golden State Warriors, I think it was like two years ago in the in the finals, in the NBA finals, he rushed himself out there. He wasn't supposed to be playing, but he went out there and he played for. I don't know, maybe like five minutes at the most. And he re-aggravated his injury and made it worse. So, you know, by doing something that he thought was brave and, you know, maybe he could work around, he ended up making it worse. And that, for me, is what I don't want to see happen. (laughs) I don't want that to happen. If the doctors say that, you know, it's not safe for him to come back, then, you know, by all means, take the whole year off, get better 100%, and then we'll see you in 2021. And that's saying that's saying a lot because hopefully the whole thing with contract and money and stuff doesn't get in the way of him deciding whether or not he wants to keep playing for this team. Which is also another issue that was brought up on social media, saying that a lot of people don't think that he's going to be uh, team player and you know take a take a pay cut so some some of that money can get thrown back uh, into the salary cap but I, I I disagree with that because Von Miller has always said that he wants to be a Bronco for life and he's been a team player and when he won that Super Bowl and became Super Bowl MVP I wasn't really angry that at him that he wanted money that he wanted that much money because I felt he more than deserved it and he got it and he, I think five years now, later, I think that he probably makes more than enough money just like on ads and endorsements and other ways. So I don't think he needs to go back and, and tout or, or ask like a, a shitload of money from, from Denver and saying, you need to pay me this much amount of money or that it's a ridiculous amount so that he can keep playing. I think that he's going to be a team player, and if they, if the Broncos' office ask him to, you know, take a reconstruction his contract and you know take less money, I think he will, because his heart is set in Denver, and I really believe that he's going to retire a Bronco, and who knows if he ever decides to, you know, pursue a career in the NFL and like on a coaching staff, you know, maybe defensive coordinator or something. But that's right now that's wishful thinking. But if I'm ever right about that, you better believe your ass. I'm going to come back and find <laughs> find this uh, this segment in my podcast and, and play it almost every fucking day. But 
You need to relax, Broncos country. Breathe in, breathe out. It's going to be okay. You know, I said this to a friend of mine on Twitter the other day that in a sea of panic, it's always nice to have a voice of reason. And you rarely see that nowadays, especially when you're in a conversation or with a group of people and all they're doing is just freaking the fuck out. And, you know, usually I'm the one that in, in real life situations, I'm the one that has to play the peacemaker and, you know, hey, relax, let's let's not freak out. Let's find a way to, you know, figure this shit out. And it's, it's important to have somebody like that because it's the beginning of the season, folks. It's not like everybody on the entire team went down with an injury. And as much as... As much as I'm going to miss Von Miller being out there and, you know, wrecking havoc and sacking quarterbacks and, you know, Von being Von, we have to believe that the show goes on and the show will go on and it will be great. And this defense is definitely going to be more motivated than they probably were when training camp started to go out there and prove to every doubter out there that doesn't think that the defense has gotten better or that you know the Broncos are just going to roll over because they're in the same division as the Super Bowl champions. No, that that's not going to happen. They're going to give Kansas City a run for their money. Now, they might not win both series games against both division games against them. I believe that Denver and Kansas City will split one and one. I do think they'll sweep the Raiders and the Chargers though. That I have no doubt. But we have to stay positive. So do me a favor, Broncos country. Whenever you see something bad happen in the future during the season, don't freak out. Don't say things like, you know, the season's over or, you know, hashtag tank for, uh, well, we don't need uh, Trevor Lawrence on this team, but, you know, don't start doing that shit. You have to stay positive. You know, keep hope alive until the very last whistle. When the very last whistle blows and it's official that you've been eliminated, fine. Then I can agree. You can say and do whatever you want. And, you know, we'll we'll try it again next season. Cool. But it's it's just barely the very first be- the very first week. We've only gotten one game uh, in the in the books with the Texans and the Chiefs and people are already panicking freaking the fuck out <laughs> it's like nah man relax and that's what I, I actually had a podcast made but I had to scrap it and I redid it again and then Von Miller gets hurt and then I scrapped that one and I did another one and then I didn't like the one that sounded so I scrapped it And I did it again. And, you know, while we're talking about that, let me just tell you a little funny story. It has nothing to do with with Broncos uh, news or whatever. But if you if you join me from the beginning or if you go back and you listen to the very like the first three or four episodes I made on this podcast, you'll you'll notice that I said I had audio issues because I bought a mic and a webcam and I plugged them both in and the audio sounded like shit. So for the most part, I thought it was the mic that I bought. 
I was like, the, the fucking mic sounds like shit. It sounds like I'm talking and I'm, but I'm far away. But during, while I was doing a sound check uh, yesterday, I noticed that the mic I bought wasn't even working. It was plugged in, but the computer didn't register it. And the mic that I've been talking to this entire time was the microphone that's built into my webcam. So the audio that you heard in in those previous episodes, matter of fact, the audio that you heard in the 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 clip the the previous episode that I did with my friend Chris Hernandez. Uh, by the way, shout out to Chris. Um, that was the webcam. That was all webcam mic audio. And no matter how hard I tweaked it or tried to improve it, it sounded even worse. But I was able to finally get all that shit sorted out and I got my mic working. And so this is where you're hearing me from. You're hearing me speak from my actual mic, not from my headset like I did the last couple episodes off my phone. This is actually my mic. (laughs) So going forward, we should be fine. Anyway, the the Broncos are going to be fine. I have to I feel like I have to keep saying that because this whole freaking freaking thing out that I keep seeing on Twitter every day really bugs me. And there's more people freaking out than there is positivity. And it shouldn't be like that. And let me also say another thing. If you're going to give up on the season on this team in general, and I don't care if you're giving up on them because they decided to, to kneel or not come out uh, during the national anthem or because you just don't want to be a fan anymore and you want to get rid of your shit, all your Bronco stuff, you can send it to me because I'll take it. I need Bronco stuff to, to decorate my man cave I have down here. So, and you know, don't worry, I'll disinfect it before I open anything. I, that's what I normally do with all my packages anyway. But it, it really sucks when you see or hear or read these, these so-called fans that, you know, are, are boycotting the team, let alone just the whole fucking league. But when they go out and, and say, you know, oh, I'm not going to be a Broncos fan anymore because the team sucks or because... You know, they, they, they kneel during the anthem and blah, blah, blah. But, hey, if that's your perspective, it's freedom of speech. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Go right ahead. But just don't don't drag the Broncos name through the dirt just because you disagree with something the players are doing. And if you don't, if you want to get rid of all your Broncos stuff, give it to me. Like I said, I'll take it. No questions asked. <laughs> Sorry, I just felt like I had to get that out of the way because that's something that's also been bugging the shit out of me. And it just, it it sucks. It sucks to see, it sucks to read, it sucks to hear, but it happens. And it's probably going to happen as the season goes on, especially if the Broncos don't live up to their expectations. So, speaking of expectations, let's, I know we may have talked about this a little bit in the previous episode. But I want to go over it again. What do I think about the 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 Broncos? What I think the the, the Broncos record is going forward? Do I think it'll change without Von Miller, or do I think it'll stay the same, or do I think it'll improve? And I've given this a lot of thought. 
And I've come to the conclusion that I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to stay exactly the same. And I'm going to say that they're going to be 11 and 5. And I'm not sure if that's what I predicted before, but that's what I've been mostly saying. But I think 11 and 5. And if you really want to be bold, you know, 12 and 4. But I think 11 and 5 is a much safer bet. And I, I did hear a couple of people say, you know, 16 and 0, which would be beautiful if they played either Washington or Jacksonville only for the next 16 weeks. <laughs> but unfortunately, they, they have to play other teams. They have to play the good teams, too. So I, I don't think that their, uh, their record is going to change because, like I said, it's time for the offense to carry this team. It's time for Drew Lock and company to go out there and put this team on their back and just run the fuck as fast as they can to the postseason. And dare I say, a Super Bowl. So, I'm going to say it again. Take a breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Everything's going to be fine. All right? You have to have faith. You have to believe that this defense can still come together and do it for Vaughn. You can even make it a hashtag if you want. You know, hashtag do it for Vaughn. You know, play for Vaughn. Um, that's the only two I can think of at the moment. I'm pretty sure I'll think of something else later. But don't lose hope. Now, as far as the Texans matchup goes, the only thing that I see the Titans actually having an advantage is the the matchup wherever they put Clowney on. And I'm pretty sure they're put, gonna put Clowney on against our right tackle. That's gonna be the Achilles heel to this offense because I don't think Elijah Wilkinson will be able to handle it. Even though Clowney has only been in the Titan for a couple of days and I'm, he might not know the entire playbook yet. And Vic Beasley, I don't think he's the exact same guy he was when he was with the Falcons. I mean, there's got to be a reason why the Falcons cut him. And he hasn't even been to practice with the Titans for a number of weeks. I think he just barely showed up a couple days ago, if I'm not mistaken. So it should be no problem for a guy like Garrett Bowles. And hopefully, Garrett, I I know you'll, you'll probably never listen to this podcast. But for the love of God, don't don't hold the man. Just... <laughs> do your job okay <laughs> just, just do your job do it right you know keep the flags to a minimum and go out there and get do what you get paid for okay but anyway don't be surprised folks if we see Dotson come in after halftime or maybe even sooner if Wilkinson shows that he can't hold his own against uh, Jadavian and Drew Locke is scrambling every damn play running for his life but other than that, I I don't think that I don't think the Titans cornerbacks are are a threat. I think Logan Ryan was a much better uh, cornerback than uh, Malcolm Smith was, and Adoree Jackson he's still learning, so he's got room to improve. I think that the Titans offense, aside from Derrick Henry, isn't all that impressive, and I I see them putting up maybe a touchdown or two. 
two at the most, but I don't see them putting up more than that. Maybe you can throw in a field goal in place of a touchdown to co- uh, to compensate for it. That's fine. I think it's the same way. But I think the final score Monday night is going to be 38-14. to 14. Denver. And uh, shit, I'd like to be wrong on that Tennessee score, and I'd like to be bold and say no points. Another shutout for Denver. But I'd be a lot more better saying that if Vaughn were playing. Than, but without him, the outside linebackers, they're going to have a good game. But without the leadership and the motivation being there, they might not be able to hold him off completely. But regardless, folks, Denver is winning this game. I'm pretty sure of it. And you can take that to the bank. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's episode. And the reason I'm cutting it short this time before we go is I have a special announcement to make. Now, I've recently joined up with a group of my friends that I've met in another um, podcasting site. And we decided to start our own podcast, uh, the four of us. And it's called the Mile High Roundtable. And they're really good friends of mine. They're really funny and they're smart and they're great people and you're going to love them. And they make fun of me all the time and it sucks because I'm usually, I'm used to being made fun of, but I can't really make fun of them because I'm not that type of person. But um, it, it's it's great. It's going to be great because the the side that you'll see on there, and it's also video, so you'll actually get to see my ugly face. <laughs> Um, you'll get to see a side that it's different from this podcast. This podcast is mostly just my personal opinions and my soul opinions. And what you'll also see is a perspective of what the Broncos are from four different, you know, viewpoints. So I'd like to extend an invitation to all you guys to come out and check us out. We're going to be dropping our first video by the time as the making of this recording on Saturday, September 12th. Uh, check out our YouTube at Mile High Roundtable. You can also follow us at Twitter at Mile High Roundtable. And be a part of something great. Uh, I'd like to see you guys come out and, you know, you can ask us questions and, you know, dig uh, dig what we're talking about. And just, you know, chill out and have fun. Come check us out. That's all I ask. All right. Now, in terms of this podcast... If you have any comments, suggestions, ideas, what have you, you can reach me out on email at broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at A6Foot10Mexican. That's the number 6, FT10, the word Mexican, at A6Foot10Mexican on Twitter. And you can also, you know, reach out to me and follow me and ask me questions or whatnot, ideas or comments or what have you. If you enjoyed the show, I'd always I like to hear back from uh, from the listeners and feedback. Or if you want to be a monthly uh, sponsor or donor, you if if you're on Anchor, there is a, a an option to uh, support monthly. I'd like to I'd be really grateful to have sponsors on here, but that's not a necessity. I'm just happy to be able to have listeners. To be honest with you, and I'm really grateful for having the listeners that I have and for putting up with all my shenanigans over the last couple episodes in terms of me trying to figure out how to work a fucking microphone (laughs) and just hearing me ramble about 
uh, the Broncos over the past offseason. And before we go, let's just take one more deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. We're going to be good, Broncos country. We're going to be good. And with that said, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are. Thanks for listening. So long, listeners and citizens of Broncos country.